0: Good evening ladies and gentlemen, and I failed to do this earlier, but let me wish all you men and myself happy Father's Day. I forgot that today was Father's Day. It just kind of slipped my mind. I got up earlier than I wanted to this morning, and I had cards waiting for me, and I opened all my cards up while I was enjoying my first cup of coffee, and so that was uh, a good time for me. Glad you're here today. If you have your Bibles, and I hope you do, turn to the third chapter of the Gospel of John, put you a bookmark there, and then turn to the 12th chapter. Now, that's going to mess up some of you because you've got those devices. You can't look at two places at one time. But go to the third chapter of the Gospel of John and put you a bookmark, and then go to the 12th chapter and put you a bookmark there or put your finger in there, however you want to do it. Now as you're turning there and getting prepared, and we'll read here after a few minutes. Believe it or not, looking at me now, you can't think or wouldn't think that at one time I was into weightlifting. I got into weightlifting when I was in high school and it carried over after I got home and I didn't have the fancy machines or any of that stuff, so I just got me some old tractor weights and invented my own. But I enjoyed lifting weights because there was no gray area. You know, you you either manage to lift a certain weight or you don't. Uh, There is clear successes when you are able to lift a certain weight, and when you try to add more weight and you can't get it done, well then you have a failure. Either you can or you can't, and you know, that's kind of cool because that is rare in life to have such absolutes, but it also means that if you don't put in the work, you don't maintain your strength. You know, it, uh, it, it was always amazing to me that if I took time off because of being sick or Because of being too busy with life, when I returned to my weightlifting after an absence and I tried to start where I had quit before, it was a struggle to lift that amount of weight. Well, you 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 are reminded quickly that you have neglected to put in the work. And if you don't put in the work, you don't keep your strength. But you know, sometimes it's good for us to have tangible reminders of what happens when we stop doing the things that help us strengthen ourselves. You know, one of the dangers of grace is it is easy to allow it to be, as Bonhoeffer says, Cheap, You know, we can allow ourselves to believe that, that our faith requires nothing of us. That we can stop doing the hard work and, you know, conditioning ourselves to live by our faith out in this world. But here's where things start getting a little more complicated. I believe in this day and this age that we live in that the church of God, and I'm not trying to give this church a black eye. I'm not trying to give all churches a black eye. I just believe that the condition of the church that we are in now can be summed up by understanding the importance of heavy lifting. I believe that we have stopped doing the heavy lifting regarding or what is required to lead the lost to Christ. You know, we don't have that burning desire anymore to lead others to Christ. We don't have that burning desire to evangelize the lost. We have no desire to invite others to church to hear God's Word. We have no desire to do the hard work, the heavy lifting, ...required to grow the kingdom of God. The purpose and the duty of every believer... ...of every pastor, of every every church of the Lord Jesus Christ... ...can be summed up in just three words. Lifting up Jesus. Now, lifting, as we all know, requires work. Ordinarily hard work is what it requires... If we were to define lifting, I think that we would come to the understanding that lifting is the power or the force required for lifting to take place. You know, to to lift something requires our strength. We, We have to exert ourselves in some form, in some fashion that we may be able to do the lifting. And I know as I grow older, I hate to admit it, I can't lift what I once did. And that kind of irritates me, but I guess that is just part of life. But I want to show you some things today from God's Word. I want you to turn to the third chapter of John. The third chapter of John. We're going to begin reading in verse 14. Amen? Amen? And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, did you get that? As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be what? Lifted Lifted up. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Now I want you to flip over to the 12th chapter of the Gospel of John. The 12th chapter, verse 32. Amen? Amen. And it says, and I, who is I? Jesus. Jesus. Thank you. I wondered if y'all was there or not. And if I be lifted up from the earth, that lifted up means crucified, will draw all men unto me. Now, I want you to hone in on that particular verse. Keep your phone right there, R.L. Don't be going back to the third chapter. We need to focus in on this one verse. Now, you notice in our text it says that if Jesus is lifted up, that He would draw all men unto Himself. You know, in the the providence and the purpose of God, Jesus was lifted up on the cross of Calvary by the hands of wicked men. Because Jesus was lifted up on the cross to die. Because he was buried in the tomb. Because three days later he rose from the dead. Because he was highly exalted to the right hand of the majesty on high. Jesus is drawing all men unto himself. That is he is drawing all kinds of men to himself. I'm talking from every nation, every class, every age, every sex, every color. Jesus is drawing the elect, Jesus is drawing all of his chosen ones whose names were written in the Lamb's Book of Life from the foundation of the world. But it requires heavy lifting. And guess what, ladies and gentlemen, who gets to do the heavy lifting? We do We get to do the heavy lifting. We are required to do the lifting so that Jesus can do what? Jesus can do what is required of Him drawing all men to Himself. Every Christian, every child of God, every minister should want to reach the masses of unconverted people. That should be our goal as Christians. To reach out to people. I'm not going to sit here and tell you you're going to save anybody because you're not. You're not going to save anyone. That's Jesus' job. You are to lift up Jesus so that He can draw people in. But we should want to convert the masses that are not saved. Not just in the world... But in this country that we live in, and let's just narrow it down to this little community that we're a part of. There are all kinds of books and articles and videos that have been produced on that subject. So how do we evangelize the lost? How do we evangelize people? You know, there's many sellers of goods out there profiting from such endeavor. But the problem is there has been very little light that has been produced on the subject. You know, I'm a typical pastor. I have all of these books. I've I've got stacks of books, and some of them I haven't even read read yet. But people give me books all the time, and and sometimes I I buy books. But I have a number of books in my so-called library, if that's what you want to call it, that cite the same biblical texts over and over. We almost read it just a while ago. How about John 3:16? Or Matthew 28, 18 through 20? We call that the Great Commission. How about Mark 16:15? Or how about Luke 24, 46 through 48? I could go on and on and on. Acts 1:8 is another one. Uh, Proverbs 29, Uh, 18, and I I could go on, but but while these are important texts, and don't think I'm saying they're not, they are, Jesus' words in this text that we just read is the key to reaching the masses. You know, the key is found in the great hymn of the church as well as God's Word. How do you reach the masses, men of every birth? For an answer, Jesus gave the key. And I, if I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all men to me. Folks, I want to tell you something. It's not about uh, 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 demographic studies. It's not about asking people, what do you want in church? Or studying uh, or, or surveying people, what do you want in church? And then giving it to them. It's not in techniques. It's not in sinner's prayer. It's not in altar calls. It's not in the many other gimmicks that is commonly seen today. Here's the bottom line. The gospel message focusing upon the redemption that Jesus Christ has brought through His life, death, and resurrection on the cross, I believe, is the key. The reality is all of us, all of us, At some point, at some time, in our ministry. Yeah, that's right. I said all of us. Every one of us should have a ministry. I have preached to you all about that before. If you don't, you need to figure out what your ministry is and get involved in it. But every one of us, at some point, I am sure that we could have done something better. You know, we we, we we could have some way been more concerned about the re- limited results in soul winning when compared to the effort that we put into it. I hope you're putting effort into it. I hope you're reaching out to someone. You know, how often have we been in an encounter with someone that needs Jesus Christ in their lives and we just... Felt inadequate completely. You know, looking back on my own ministry, I can tell you that I am sure that more could have been accomplished if I had more fully comprehended the uplifting the crucified Savior. Because when you lift up the crucified Savior, there is a mysterious power that touches the sinner's heart such as nothing else can do. I go back to what I said a while ago, ladies and gentlemen. You're not going to save anyone. That is through the Holy Spirit. That is Jesus' job to save folks. We can lead people to a point, but then Jesus takes over and draws them to himself. And I think we have stopped doing the heavy lifting as the believers, even from our pulpits, because. Of this, our churches have become weak. Believers have become even weaker for the lack of heavy, heavy lifting. You know, we, we want to preach about everything but the lifting of Jesus. You know, let me tell you something. It's through the preaching of God's word that sinners are saved. It is through the preaching of God's word that that, that saved people Are strengthened. And I want to tell you something. Satan knows the power of preaching and he does everything he can to stop pastors as well as every believer from preaching and lifting up the risen Savior. That's what he does. He will get churches to take the sermons out of their service and fill it full of music or fill it full of drama. Satan will get churches to tell the pastor, we don't want to hear the Word of God preached anymore. We just want you to get up there and tell us some stories and tell us some funny jokes and make us feel good. That's when we start losing the battle, ladies and gentlemen, because that is when Satan starts winning. Winning. You know, there's people that just want the pastor. They want... The church to be nothing but a life coach for them. We need to understand that preaching is a warfare activity. We are in a battle today, and that battle is with Satan, and I'll guarantee you if we let our guard down, he's gonna win. Amen. It's that simple. So we've got to be in proper shape. Why do we got to be in proper shape? How are you going to do the heavy lifting? We become weak in the Word. We become weak in our faith. And we begin losing the battle to Satan. So what do we need to do? We need to get back into heavy lifting. We need to get back into the heavy lifting of the gospel. Move beyond the generic sermons. Move beyond the Bible basics of Bible study move on beyond looking to be entertained from the pulpit. I guarantee you if you're looking at me to entertain you, you're in a world of hurt. But we need to get past that. You know, beyond the old programs year after year where we're able to pack the church for musical but then when it comes to Christian education, nobody shows up. We need to get back to the heavy lifting of the Word of God because when we preach And we teach about how Jesus came to this earth, how he lived a sinless life, how he died on the cross for our sins, rose again on that third day. He's now seated at the right hand of God the Father in heaven. He will come again one day to judge the living and the dead. That's the basics. That's the starting point of some heavy lifting. And when we preach these truths, it is a rallying cry for us that Christ has defeated sin, that He has defeated death, that He has defeated Satan. But aside from that, when we preach these truths, it is a reminder to our enemy, the devil, that he has lost the war. He is the defeated foe. Folks, he has no power over us we are the champions over Him. That's good news. Amen. Thank you. I was hoping somebody would give a shout of praise. I'm working to death up here, folks. Preach. Y'all are killing me. Preach. Preach. So not only is the gospel an encouragement to us, it's a reminder to Satan of his defeat. But preaching is is also the way that we persuade unbelievers to believe in Jesus Christ for everlasting life. It is making the connection is part of the process of this heavy lifting that I'm talking about. I want you to think about this and understand this. Every time a person believes in Jesus Christ for everlasting life, That person leaves Satan's kingdom of darkness and is transferred into Jesus' kingdom of light. I want you to think about that. Every person that believes in Jesus Christ is another blow to Satan, another victory for Jesus Christ. Now I want you to understand something. You're going to have to stay with me here. Heavy lifting is really geared For those that are on the outside of the church. That is why we need to continue doing the heavy lifting. Truth be told, we're we're like almost every church I know. We say we want to reach the unchurched people. But few are actually doing it. Why? Part of the problem stems from the fact that many churches don't understand unchurched people. You know, uh, part of the problem is the model of our church is designed to reach out and help church people, not unchurched people. Churches haven't embraced enough change, deeply enough, in my opinion. We say we want to reach people all day long. You know, I can stand up here and preach about it every week, but if we haven't designed our church around ministering to people who don't go to church, we might as well be preaching and saying that we want to lose weight eating a triple, bur- triple bacon cheeseburger with a big old Dr. Pepper. Here's a news flash for you unchurched people don't come pre converted, folks. They don't. They may have lifestyle issues that's going to take years to overcome, to change. Some of us have been saved a long time, but yet the Holy Spirit is still helping us clean up our act. Cleaning up our behavior is not a precondition of salvation at least not in Christianity. You see, it takes heavy lifting on our part to understand the role that we have versus the role of the Holy Spirit. What God has done for us in Jesus saves us, not what we have done for Him. Are you really ready? Here's the burning question of the day. Are you really ready to to love unchurched people and not just judge them? That's my first burning question for you today. You know, one of Jesus' most effective ways, one of His most effective approaches to people was to love them into a life change. If we can do that, the church is ready to reach unchurched people. But that only happens after we have done the heavy lifting of the gospel. You know, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Carolyn, how long? How long has this church been serving this community? Over 100 years. 150? 130? 100, 120. Let's just go out on a limb and say 120. When was the church established? 18? I can't remember. I should have read the marker out front. But it was in the 1800s. Now you think about this. The church was it in the 1900s? It might have been the early 1900s. Somebody go read the historical marker right quick. No. I, I no. I'm just kidding. But this church has been here over a hundred years. Over a hundred years. The building's been here over hundred. Yeah. Yeah. They had so, church before that in people's houses. They had church before that in people's houses. But here's what I want you to see. I'm sure that that's news to most people that passes by. But it's true. We've been right here, right here, over a hundred years, same spot in the city of Melbourne. Up here on the south end for a long, long time. And so many people still don't know who we are. You think about this. They drive on by without a thought. You know, we got a little, pretty good little highway right out here. Lots of cars go up and down. But people don't think about that. If if they see us at all, we're just another church in a little city that's filled with churches. How many, what is there, five in this church? Five churches in a town of less than 200 people, I guess. So, you know, how do we reach them? How do we reach these travelers that pass by us? What do we say that will cause them to listen? How do we get their attention? How do we get their ears? How do we get their eyes? How do we get the hearts of a generation that's so busy? I believe the key begins with the heavy lifting. We must move beyond Bible basics and Bible stories. And we have to be able to handle the Word of God. And we've got to be able to handle the Word of God in a way that we are able to provide answers for those that are still seeking. When it comes to preaching, one of the issues that still lingers for preaching to be effective, it must be heard. And the unchurched, by definition, are not in church. So how are they going to hear it? How can the preaching reach the unchurched? You know, I want you to understand this. Unchurched does not mean not in church. Did you get that? Mm-hmm. It's highly likely that the unchurched person is going to try a church at some point. Effective preaching is a great motivator. Members are motivated then to invite the unchurched as well. So from this pulpit to that front door, we must be prepared, we must be equipped to handle the Word of God. If you want to lift up Jesus in a way that will convince these naysayers, we must be students of the Word of God. We as believers must be grounded in God's Word. And ladies and gentlemen, it takes work. It doesn't just happen. It is a day-by-day process that must continue throughout our lives. And I hate to admit it, but as I grow older, my memory is not what it used to be. And it really ticks me off. You can ask my wife technical director today. My memory is not what it used to be. And, and and I get kind of concerned about it. And the thing that I'm saying is this: we can't remember those verses that we used to could just spit off right off the top of our head. But we must not quit just because our memory starts to fail us a little bit. It has been shown that continued exercise of the memory actually preserves it, and improves it. So let's keep studying the Word of God. Why? So that we can lift up Jesus in knowledge and in wisdom to a dark world that is stooped in spiritual ignorance. You know, it's not easy for me. You can ask my wife. I will start tomorrow studying for next Sunday. Prepare. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that y'all are overworking me. What I'm saying is I love to do that. I love to handle the word. I love to look forward to preparing and and and, and studying to preach with y'all, you know, because we come together and and we're growing together. And I don't believe that there's another experience on the face of the earth that compares with that. When a group of believers can come together as brothers and sisters in Christ, you know, and fellowship with one another. Who in the unity of the Spirit and the truth of God's Word are striving together to lift Jesus up. We can just feel, we can know God's presence in, in our worship service, how it's manifested. We can experience that same energy, that same power as we go through our day-to-day struggles in service to the Lord. It's just like the prophet Isaiah said. In Isaiah 40, 31 it says, But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with the wings as eagles. They shall run and not be wearied and they shall walk and not faint. If you don't have that verse highlighted in your Bible, you need to. Isaiah 40, 31. For all of us who are saved, we know, we know that experience in our lives. This will be our experience when we lift Jesus up. So what do we need to do? We need to continue doing the heavy lifting. If we learn to do that, the Lord has the responsibility of doing the rest. What is that? To draw men to Him. We have the easy part. You may not think we do, but we do. Remember. Remember this. It is Jesus who said that He would draw men unto Himself. We do not draw lost souls to Jesus. But it is Jesus Himself who does the drawing. We just have to lift Him up so He can do That drawing. So it's a sure thing that if Christ is lifted up, He's going to draw His people. We do the lifting, He does the drawing. He will draw with the cords of love by His Holy Spirit. He will draw them by the power of the gospel through the testimony uh, and the lives of, of, of believers. He will draw them to Calvary to see Him suspended between heaven and earth. Dying for their sins. What a great work. What a wonderful honor to be part of that master plan of salvation. To think that the Lord would use each and every one of us to lift him up, and through our efforts, he would draw men to himself. Don't be fooled now. Don't be fooled for a minute. Jesus is still being lifted up. He is still drawing his elect unto himself. All of God's saints, from Adam and Eve, all the way to the last soul that will be saved, are drawn to Jesus through Christ. That includes both Jews and Gentiles. The Bible tells us that. Jesus was lifted up on the cross to draw all people to himself, And I'm talking about in the past, today as we speak, in the present, and tomorrow in the future as well. The only way any person can ever enter into heaven is through the cross of Christ. As Jesus had been lifted up by His people through the centuries, He's been drawing His elect to Himself. That's the way it works. We lift Jesus up today when we exalt His name, when His people and His work on the cross for the whole world to see. We lift up Jesus for every soul to see His perfection, to see His mighty works, to see His amazing grace for sinners, His glory, and His soon return. Jesus was lifted up on the cross of Calvary as a mighty prince and conqueror not only of Satan but of sin as well. Jesus was lifted up from the grave as a risen Savior. He is lifted up to the exalted right hand of God as the King of kings, as the Lord of lords. And today we lift up Jesus as the exalted Savior who is mighty to save all who will look to Him and believe in Him as their own personal Lord and Savior. The question today is, not only for you here in this church, but for those that are going to listen to this podcast later on. Have you seen Jesus lifted up? Have you seen Jesus lifted up? Have you seen Jesus lifted up by faith? Lifted up on the cross of Calvary, dying for your sins. Have you ever seen Him by faith? being buried in that tomb, in three days, rising from the dead as a risen Lord and Savior. That is the question. Have you seen all of that? Have you experienced that in your life? Have you seen Him ascended to the right hand of God, exalted as the King of glory? That should be each and every one of our prayers, folks. That Jesus will people will see Jesus lifted up and that they will believe on Him. That they will have that same experience that we have of accepting Him as Lord and Savior. Folks, it's time to get back to the heavy lifting. It's time to get back to handling God's Word properly. It's time to be reaching out to the lost because how are they going to hear if no one tells them? And as I've told you numerous times from this pulpit, you are an example just by coming to church. You are an example by the way you live your life on a daily basis. So be lifting Jesus up every opportunity that you can. Let's pray together. Father God, we're just so grateful for this day that you blessed us with, Father. The time that we can come together. And lift you up, Father. Exalt you because you're the only one that is worthy of the honor and the praise and the glory. Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for loving us enough that you would send your Son to die on the cross that we would have and could experience forgiveness of sins and have everlasting life. Father, just thank you for your love, your mercy, your grace the blessings that you give us. Help us, Father, to grow in our courage, to grow in our bravery, to lift you up on a daily basis in our lives, Father, to be an example, to show people through lifting you up their need for a relationship with you. Father, forgive us where we fail you. Just go with us from this time, from this place, And guide us and direct us, Father. Keep protecting us in these troubled times that we live in. Father, again, all the folks that we have on our prayer list, we lift each and every one of them up to you, Father. There's needs there, and we ask that those needs be met, Father. We just ask that you intervene in a personal way, that your spirit will move in their lives, that they can be made well, be made whole again. Father, we ask that, again, that you send us rain. Father, it's hot and it's dry. Crops are suffering. Pastures are burning up, Father. And just, we know it's coming, Father. And we thank you for it. Father, it's in your Son's name we pray. Amen.